kimchi sent me a message and said, hey, girl, I love this wig you were wearing. Would you sell it to me? And I said, girl, with that big old head, I can't sell you anything. I said, I have to make you something from scratch. <laughs> Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? It's Blair St. Clair! Hello, Blair. How are you, my darling? Hi, Blair. Hi, I'm so well. One of my favorite things in the entire universe is hearing anyone besides an American accent say Blair St. Clair. <laughs> so I'm even really? better now hearing you say my name. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys saying, what's the best accent to say it in? Um, Irish. I, oh, well, of course, yeah. <laughs> Lara Sinclair. Sinclair. Lara Sinclair. I can imagine that. <laughs> There's also like Blair Sinclair. Blair Sinclair. <laughs> I mean, it's like in like Welsh or Scottish. But Irish, an Irish accent is just stunning. Yeah, yeah. Irish accents are the nice. Oh, it's all Definitely. about them, isn't it? I quite enjoy having somebody saying get your face in the pillow in an Irish accent. <laughs> 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 Girl! I'm also Irish, definitely not opposed. Oh! Are you really? Blair! Yes, I am. <sighs> Shocking behaviour right now. I'm, I'm blushing under all of this. Who knew? There you go. <laughs> so you've been taking a week off to visit your family. How's that been? Oh my gosh. Absolutely amazing. I escaped for the weekend from home just to kind of see my family for the weekend. They live across the country in the U.S. So it's been oh, good perfect. to get a nice little refresh and like recap on life and see everything. And yeah, I just sure. came inside from taking my cute little puppy on a walk. Oh, so you have your little fur baby with you there. Yes, she is literally everything I need in my life and more. <laughs> oh, bless I her. Mean, What's she called? Coco, is it? Coco. Coco Tuna. Coco, oh. Coco Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. What else would you call a French bulldog? <laughs> right. I know, we had so. My second choice of the name was Lulu Vuitton. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Our dog's called Ludo, but he should probably be called Chew Nell as well because he chews bloody everything. You can't leave your shoes on Aww. the floor, no cables. He just likes to eat everything. He's got a bit better though recently, but he used to be really bad. Like anything, anything he could get his little teeth on, he'd wreck it. <laughs> That's so sweet, though. Is he still a puppy or grown? No, he's grown now. I mean, he's not my dog. Um, we, yeah, I, we had a dog. We had to put it down. It's the most traumatic thing I've ever had to do in my entire Aww. life. I never want to have to, get to go through that again. <laughs> oh, it would have so been sad. easier if she'd just run away or been kidnapped. But it was, yeah. So. Um, and plus, you know, with traveling all the time here, it's it's not really conducive to ha- having a dog, is it? 
Um, unless you, I mean, do you take do you take Coco to all your gigs? No, I can't. Now, what I don't know if you have something similar in the UK, but in the US, you can actually qualify your animal to be an emotional support animal. So I'm going through the paperwork now to be able to like claim her as an emotional support animal to travel with her if I wanted to. But I feel like going to a gig would just be way too hard. I would need a dog sitter in the hotel or something. But yeah. maybe DragCon, yeah. that would be really fun to bring her to. Oh my God, that would be Oh so yeah, cute. she'd get loads of attention. Yeah. I mean, and dogs are such pure dick magnets, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a straight guy and a baby. Mind you, do you know what I realized the other day, actually? You know, since they put Friends back on Netflix and everybody's now rewatched it, haven't they? Yeah. And did anybody else sort of get to the bit where Ross and, uh, Ross and Monica suddenly realise that when their dad and their mum sent their dog to a farm, that actually the dog had died. And it wasn't until I'd rewatched it, it suddenly occurred to me that my dog got sent to a farm when I was younger. <laughs> and I was like, hang on a second. Right. I think that happened. I think I got, yeah, I got stitched up. I don't think my dog went anywhere. No. Oh my I was God. Mad. I was mad. <laughs> they pulled the pageant on you, girl. <laughs> they did. They did. Shocking. Oh, that's so funny. Shocking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you've got your little dog, Coco. And uh, so your name, my darling Blair, where does it come from? Like, how did how did one become Blair St. Clair rather than, you know? So I actually, Blair St. Clair was not my original drag name. <gasps> I, oh, okay. I know, scandalo. I originally <laughs> wanted my name to be something like, of like a sexy Hollywood vixen, kind of like Marilyn Monroe, how she has two letters of the, two of the same letters, like MM, Marilyn Monroe. So I thought like I wanted two of the same. So I was like, ooh, she's gonna have double Ds. So I wanted to have like a DD name. So my original mm -hmm. drag name was Daphne Duval. As okay. one, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it sounds way older than I ever could be. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of got images of Angelica Houston or someone like that in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds so old and outdated, and here I am looking like a 12-year-old possessed child with the name Daphne Duval. And what was, what was worse than that is that everyone that heard my name, Daphne, thought I was saying Daffy, like Daffy Duck, the cartoon. Oh, right. <laughs> so I was like, no, she has to go. And oh, I was like, telling, yeah. I was telling my biological mom, that I you know, was starting drag and I wanted to find a name. And this is years ago. And somehow I came across the name Blair because I loved Blair Waldorf from um, Gossip Girl. And she, oh, and, yeah. I, and it's like a quick name. It's short. It's sassy. It's sexy. It's sweet. Mm -hmm. All the above that I think that I am. And I was um, working out at the gym. My mom gives me a call. And she's like, answer your phone. Answer your phone. It's an emergency. So I get off the treadmill and I'm like, okay, mom. I was like, mom, what is it? What's the emergency? Is everything okay? Do I, you know, what's going on? And she said, I just passed St. Clair Street downtown. And I said, okay, what's the emergency, mom? And she said, no, 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 no. That name you're telling me, the Blair name. I said, yes. And she's like, Blair, St. Clair. I said, oh, oh, that's brilliant. I love it. So now Blair St. Clair is so special because my mom helped me come up with it. St. Clair Street is a real street from the town I'm from. And it just reminds me of everything of where I'm from and sweetness and cuteness. It's a long story, but really special, short and sweet name. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's actually really, really good way of finding a name. That's lovely. Hang on, is it true? Because last time we got a lovely story, which was from <laughs> Blue Hydrangea. It was just an absolute <laughs> load of crap. <laughs> 
Stop, it was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Little hydrangeas like, yes, it's yeah. because my grandma planted a plant and it was blue and it's a load yeah. of bullshit. <laughs> he's very sort of like young and cute and twink like and he sort of like plays on that big smile and just comes out with this utter load of crap and then just goes oh and it's not true <laughs> no mine's true oh that's a nice story at least. that's good oh i'm the God. real twink and vip yes you, you are that are. i can't get over how young you are as well you are so young to yeah, even 25. be like in drag I get, like i can't even believe that because you i mean not just that you look so young, you know, so fuck you for that. Um, <laughs> Granny DD here is not that impressed. I'll tell you that for nothing. Stop. You, you are very, very young yourself. <laughs> lies, but that's fine. I'll take them. I'll take all of those lies. That's, that's the part in the podcast that I lied about, though. <laughs> yeah, there, there was the bullshit, guys. <laughs> oh, so, perfect. How long have you actually been doing drag for? Uh, I think now, in 2020, I think I've been doing drag for five or six years, maybe. Oh I'm 25, and I definitely okay. started around 19 or 20. But I didn't start doing drag at the clubs. I started doing drag in theater because I was cast in a musical called The Cause of Fall to play a drag queen. Which one were you? I was one of the Cajels, so none of us unfortunately had like real names. Oh, come on. I know, so we had to create our own names. You should have been one of the ones with a name though, surely. I know. Well, at at that point in time, I thought it was the most sickening thing in the world, so I totally agreed with you. (laughs) But, and I look back at those pictures and I was like, oh, Oh, who was she? I was like, who, who was she? Cause she I, was not it. That's so funny. I also did uh, Le Cajo Fall and I was Chantel? Chantel, the one, the one that sings. Uh, the singer, right? Yeah, but then nobody, <laughs> nobody else could really dance either. So when it came to the Fuete turns and stuff like that, they were like, okay, so in the second half, you're her as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical oh my gosh i never knew that we shared that in common isn't that cute though i there's there's that a real cute. like a warm place in my heart for la cajo fall and the company that i did it with they i mean they hired the original costumes for the show oh wow i mean i'm sure at some stage they were beautiful <laughs> By the time they got to not us, anymore. absolutely fucking not. <laughs> oh my god! They're like holes in everything. Everything is like threadbare. Bits have fallen off it. I mean, you know, they hadn't been looked That's after it. very well. But I mean, Aww. great musical, and what a, an amazing uh, entrance into drag. Yeah. It, yeah, that was really special for me because I had never, at that point in time in my life, had never been to a drag club. I wasn't an avid watcher of drag race. I had heard of the show, seen a few episodes here and there. But for me in my brain at that point in time in my life, drag was not the goal. The goal was mm. to do theater or some sort of live performance. And then 
drag was that live performance that took me places because I can only play Peter Pan on stage so many times before they retire me. So they said, find something else, girl. And I said, okay, girl, well, I'll be a girl. She's a 58-year-old Peter Pan. So that's what made you want to pursue drag full-time, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I After doing the show, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I was like, wait, this can be like a real career, like real, real, like after hours. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah like you haven't been to a drag club? And they're like, we'll get you in. We know a way. We know a way. So because I wasn't 21 yet. And in the States, you have to be 21 to go to a club. So right, they got course, me yeah. in and I was hooked. And since then, I was like, okay, now, this is this is it for me. This is it. Uh, before Drag Race, you've worked in a salon. Is there anything you miss about that? Yeah, I actually, so during COVID, it's made me really, really miss my clients. I used to work from a licensed cosmetologist and I got my cosmetology license while I was actually in Macage. And okay. so I now kind of mix everything that I do together, hair, makeup, um, singing, dancing, acting, everything together, you know, with, with doing drag. But I do course, yeah. in the salon. You know, there's no greater joy than making people smile and making people feel some sort of emotion. So not being able to do that on stage right now with being in quarantine this past year, I've missed yeah. the creativity with making other people feel good about themselves while working on them, like with doing hair and doing makeup and all that sort of thing. So I've really missed the idea of the salon. And I thought about after, you know, it's safe again to get back out in the world, if I might kind of pull back a little bit on some of the traveling and do some more work on people in a salon and possibly open up my own space. Oh, oh nice, nice. Wow. So you've got loads of stuff going on. Would you do would you do that, Davina? Or try anything else? Like Davina's nail Davina's nail bar in the middle of Manchester or something. Having seen what I did to my sister, would you let me near your face? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if you were going out for Halloween and you wanted to look like you were dead, I'm the <laughs> ideal candidate to do your face. Luckily, everyone's wearing masks these days, so you can do my face yeah. any time that I can wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll just draw your lips over the top. There we go. Perfect. She's done. You don't even need to know the words. <laughs> I'd like to keep it done, please. <laughs> Ah. Oh. Now, you were only 22 when you competed in Drag Race on season 10. Am I am I right in thinking that you were the youngest person there for that competition? Actually, everyone asks me that. And Aquaria was only a couple of months younger than I was. Oh. And she won the whole damn thing. So, so many people, and, but I acted so much younger than she did because I lacked so much confidence, I think. Yeah. And I think it made me appear, like, I, I look really young. And I think that that made me appear younger than her because she walked in with so much confidence and poise and she had been doing it in the club circuit in New York longer than I had. So in terms of, like, uh -huh. who had been doing drag the least amount of time, I was definitely the baby queen of the bunch. Where you're from, it's not the same as New York, is it? Not in the slightest. <laughs> Where I'm from, no. When I walked into that workroom... I thought, oh, bitch, I'm going to take this competition because where I'm from, I felt like I was a really big fish in a really mm. small pond. And when I walked in there, I was like, oh, there's more than just, you know, pretty pageant queens in the world. I, I was so freaking naive. And then now looking back on it, I'm like, how the hell did I get cast on that season I mean, with that well, little experience? Well done. That's, you know, they yeah. saw something you in you. That's all it is. You just have to 
show Ruth that there's something in you that somebody else doesn't have and you have got it you know that's thank you that's the thing so was was that quite pressurized then being up against like older and more experienced queens i feel very attacked now ricky thank you <laughs> uh yeah there, there was a lot of pressure i remember the first day that i walked into the workroom back a few years ago on season 10 i looked around and thought what did i get myself into I thought that like applying to this was a dream that I might not get on, but I did. Yeah. And I yeah. looked around and I was like, what am I in for? There's so many beautiful people around me. It's not just about makeup skills. It's not just about who's the best actress, who's the mm -hmm. best singer, dancer, you know, who can make the judges laugh the most. I said, every mm -hmm. one of us have something. And I was just so scared. But at the same time, I was so determined. Something about me is I'm always determined. If it's in my brain, I'll find a way to make it happen. So I was Definitely. just like, okay, devise a plan. How can I take out at least one bitch every single week? That was my yeah. only goal. How can I be better than at least one person every single week and not be the worst? And the first time that I did not have fun, because I really enjoyed the competition, the first time that I yeah. didn't have fun and I put too much pressure on myself, that was the week that I went home. I yeah. feel like you have to enjoy the process and have yeah, fun I, with it. I, I'd agree with you with that. that uh, the, the week where I, because I put so much pressure on myself as well. And I was really aware, you know, this is the first time that the UK is going to be seen by the rest of the world. So I just kept piling this pressure on top of myself. And it wasn't until like week six. So I kind of went the opposite way to you. And I had so much pressure at the beginning. And then as the competition went on, I just went, no one's going to die, are they? I can be shit. Right. And it doesn't matter. I'm here already. Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, then it allows, once you stop putting that pressure on yourself, because it doesn't help, does it? It doesn't make you better. It just makes you more tense. Um, Absolutely. I remember going back for All Stars, I thought that I would have so much pressure. But for some reason, I felt no pressure at all. I was like, well, you know, the worst case scenario is that you go home and you don't win. And I was like, and if the if that's the worst case scenario, I already have a fan base. I already have people that will love me no matter what. I have people in my life besides drag, like family, friends, and um, that will always support and love me. So I was like, worst case scenario, I've already conquered it. So there's no pressure. Yeah. And I wish I had had that same mentality for the first season that I competed on. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. I, that's how I feel if I was asked to go back for All Stars that I would be, that I would just be like, well, I kind of already did it. So now it's just about going and having fun and showing the best that I, I can. How how was the rest of it for you? You know, so you've let go of that pressure. How was the rest of that process then for you, for All Stars? The rest of it was really emotional because when you come onto a normal season, as you know, mm. you know maybe a couple of people or know of them, but you don't <laughs> maybe know them personally. Uh -huh. And you do kind of grow somewhat of a bond, but on an All Star season, you've either met or know every one of the girls that you're competing against. And you also know that you're only competing against them for a few weeks at a time for a TV show that's only gonna be aired for a certain amount of time. And you wanna win, but you also know that the friendship that you may have with someone <laughs> might be more important than ruining for just a short period of time. So it's hard because you're like, I, I love this person and I don't wanna hurt them for this one short period of time in my life that I'm gonna be on the show for a lifetime of not being their friend. But at the same time, I want to win and prove why I should win and how much I've grown. So it was really emotional because it was like, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but at the same time, like, also fuck them because I want to win. Yeah. But, it, but so it was hard. It was like, do I want to be a good person today or do I want to win or how can I do both? 
and I'm also filming TV, so how can I make it dramatic for the people watching? I think that that makes it, uh, in in a weird way, I think that makes it even more difficult. That You know, because, like, for my season, I didn't, I'd only known Viv, and we'd known each other for a real long time, you know, uh, chatting to each other, doing shows together, all kinds of stuff for years. But I hadn't worked with anybody else. The only other person that I'd kind of had a, a knowledge of and had met was Bagger. But everybody else, I knew who they were, but I, I'd never really met them. Uh, so it doesn't matter that much in that scenario. Like you say that, well, I'm going to get rid of this bitch. But I think when you go back and you you do know those people, I think that makes it uh, that makes it more difficult, I think, in some ways. So how how do you navigate that? Uh, were there any moments where you think, I wish I'd just said fuck off or like, <laughs> what the hell are you wearing? Get out of my way. Were there any points in the competition where you just felt like in order to save a relationship for after the show, you stepped back a little bit? Yeah, there was a lot of moments with Miss Packer that I just was like, I'm just going to let this blow over. It's not a big deal. I'm going to save the relationship where I kind of now sometimes wish that I would have just called her out on her bullshit uh -huh. sometimes <laughs> because we are good friends today. We are good friends today. Let me put that out in the universe. We are good friends today. I love her. We um, were good friends then, but there were times where I did not like her in the competition because I thought she was being more than a competitor and a little bit snaky. And I kind of wanted to call her out and just be like, be a real person. Don't play the game because we all can see through it. And let's play it openly and honestly because I'm going to, because honestly, if I don't trust you because I think you're being snaky, I will vote you out when I can. Mm. And I wish I just said that instead of thinking it because I think there may have been a few times where people would have also agreed with me. And I also think that had I gone back and I played more strategically, I would have voted for the person I thought was the biggest threat to go out versus the person I thought did the weakest in the competition. Mm -hmm. But I was so afraid that if I did that, people would see my strategy and be like, oh, I don't trust Blair. Let's get her out of here real quick. I think I would have just wanted to kind of stir up a little bit more, more strategy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, a I, I, I don't know how I would want to play. I have no idea. I don't think, and I don't think you can really know until you're in there and you're in that situation. Yeah, that's it. Do you think there will be a UK one? Oh, I hope there's an international All-Stars where it's... Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. To be quite honest, I love um, watching the United States Drag Race for some more of the um, the fashion, but I like watching the international drag race for more of the actual TV personality and getting to know yeah. the competitors. I've enjoyed that more internationally than I have in the United States. Why do you think that is? I think the US really just is so, it's about doing drag on a surface level of who's the prettiest, who's the fiercest, who feels their oats the most, who you yeah. know is gonna be like, out there trying to do what every other queen has done before with just tricks and um, a one-two step where I feel like internationally drag is more recognized on a fully talented, like multi-faceted level of what all talents do you bring to the stage in drag versus just, I'm gonna be really sexy, I'm gonna wave my tongue around and grab all the dollar bills. Because in the United States, it's about grabbing money versus yeah. overseas, it's about entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is definitely a different, a different approach to it, purely because of the, 
the way that the industry functions, there is a, a different way that, that you have to approach it because of that. What was it? What were the feelings like being eliminated, eliminated in All Stars compared to in the original series? Because firstly, like I want to say, you were sick as AF. <laughs> it was that. It, you were so great. I really enjoyed everything that you did. Yeah. And your looks were just like, you'd clearly gone away and gone, right, okay, I'm going to, here's the dial, I'm going to turn it up to 11. Like, you know, yeah. you really brought it. So what did it feel like? Uh, being eliminated that second time knowing that you'd done so incredibly well because you must have known that you'd done brilliantly well thank you I really did spend the time that after I was eliminated from season 10 of Drag Race up until I did All Stars 5 to really work on my craft I took more dance classes more acting classes I took more voice lessons with different instructors I you know was really working I was working with different designers to expand my aesthetic and like working with makeup artists because I'm a makeup artist but I was like what do you do how would you do my face if you could do whatever you wanted to how would you do my face if you could do whatever you wanted to to really grow and gain new perspective and I really kind of like allowed for my ego to completely leave the door and was just like what would you, you know I wanted everyone's um, perspective and then at the end of the day I took what I wanted from that to make my aesthetic the best it could possibly be. And the first time being eliminated, it was kind of overwhelming, but I definitely look back and was like, yep, that was my time. I allowed myself to get to that point of the competition where I was uncomfortable. And when you have that vulnerable moment, you're ready to, to leave. And that I left, I think at the right time for me. Now on all stars, I was really frustrated when I left because I understand the strategy that I performed poorly in the challenge uh, that, I, that I was eliminated on. And I had not won a challenge in the competition, but I think that I had performed so consistently well on many, many areas of the competition, some that weren't even aired because you know not everything can make the, the yeah, final edit. Absolutely. And I think there were a lot of amazing moments that weren't shown and that's, that's totally fine. But even the things that were shown, I think that I had such a solid run in the competition that I wanted to fight as much as I possibly could. And I was not upset about the other competitors eliminating me. I was really upset with myself. I was upset that I allowed the pressure to get to me in that last challenge that allowed me to get eliminated because I didn't win. I knew that that last challenge, I was either going to win or I was going to go home because my track record wasn't as strong as the other contestants. And I allowed that pressure to get me, get the most of me in the end. And I didn't perform to the best of my ability which I know I could have slammed that comedy challenge and I didn't and at the end of the day you have to own your mistakes I own it it wasn't the best I could do however I'm upset with myself that I didn't do that I'm not upset with the girls that sent me home now I will say though I if I had gone through to the end I still think I could have slayed that very very end episode because I mean did you not see the runway she yeah. came prepared she was ready she was ready. I mean, I messaged you, didn't I? <laughs> I messaged you and said, holy shitballs. It was <laughs> everything. It was so amazing. Thank you. That final look had been in production for over six months because I told somebody, I didn't tell them I was going to film All Stars or that I even had an inkling that that was going to happen that year. I said, hey, by the way, 
I was like, I'm going to life ball this year and I need something really, really sickening. It's going to happen in June. And we, I knew I was filming all stars in June of that year. So it was in production for over six months. So I had tons of time and I kept telling myself, if anything, you just have to wear this gown. That's all that matters about this entire season. You have to wear this look. But I did. <laughs> Might not have been in the competition, but I still wore it. Well, not only are you managing to make impressions um, in, in the drag scene, but also uh, in the music scene as well. Um, so sit, following Drag Race, uh, you've released a couple of albums. One of them... Uh, you know, one of them going to number one as well in the US dance chart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I <laughs> um, music for me, music for me has been the craziest whirlwind of a journey because I come from a very classical musical theater background, mm. and seeing pop okay. music is everything besides that you everything that you've not been taught about music. It's like all yeah. those rules, all those things that you've been taught, everything about music throw it all out of the window and then that's pop music so it's been like a completely different experience because not many people want to listen to a musical theater album on the radio so i released a single after i was eliminated and it did really really well and i was like oh okay i was just trying to have some fun so i released an album right away and it went to number one and i was like honestly i'm shocked like it was literally just to have fun and to get my vision out with how i was feeling at that point in time in the world and i was so happy with how well it was received so I spent so much more time on creating a second album. The first album was called um, Call My Life. And the second album, Identity, which I released this past summer, which went to number two um, on the dance charts in the U.S. overnight. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I did not put out music to chart. I didn't put it out be- hoping that I could beat certain musicians or be the best or whatever. It was literally, and, you don't, and to be completely honest, anyone listening, anyone watching, you don't make any money from releasing music on streaming platforms. You really don't, it's not to make money. People that buy it really pay back the investment that you've made to make music. It was just about making it for the art of it. And I honestly have loved making music. It's been kind of like my diary for the world to hear. And instead of on a podcast, it's in an album form. And I've really loved the journey of it and I'm hoping to release more soon. I mean, I can't wait to hear more of it. I'm very excited to listen to it. And, you know, if you can give me any advice on how to get to number one in the US dance charts, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm open and willing and listening. (laughs) I already think you should be number one on the, the charts already. So we could, because you already have an album out there. We just need to help make sure it gets there. It just, it deserves to be there. It's a little shove. It does. What have you got coming up in terms of the music? What's your next plan? Are you making videos to go with everything? I wish I had an answer for you. Normally I have a whole life career planned out right now. And honestly, during COVID, it's been the best thing for me because I'm all, I'm so focused about my career. And in COVID, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just really glad that I woke up today and I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm safe. So I was kind of like, you know what? This year, I don't really have a lot of plans. What, what I do have planned is that I am taking a little bit of a step back from Blair St. Clair in terms of the media, because I think the world we're living in has been very crazy and very scary this past year. And I want to focus on the person behind the hair and makeup, because I think that like I need a lot of just, I need to really focus on me, myself and I, my mental health and my family. So what I have planned for my music and everything in the next coming maybe a year or so is I, I definitely am working on another project that I hope to release. I don't think I'm going to have tons of videos, maybe some visuals, but um, I think it's more about the 
art itself and spending less on all the frills and the bells and the whistles. Yes, that does make people go to number one. And yes, people love that. But I want to just do it for the art itself. And I want to build upon my empire and my business um, less on just Blair St. Clair, the brand. I'm sorry, less on just Blair St. Clair, the music and performance brand, and more on Blair St. Clair, the all-inclusive brand, because I created my own um, wig business this past year, and I've just been like really thriving and loving on being a creative and less about being an entertainer and taking a little step behind the camera, and that's been really, really good for me. (laughs) I'm not sure if there was more then. I was just like... Because what I want to know is, um, when, when are you coming to the UK? Uh, hopefully whenever I can. The UK is my, I, everyone asks me where are your favorite places in the world. My hometown is my number one favorite. And then my uh-huh. second favorite place in the world is the UK. I mean, obviously we're here. You we're have here. to say that though. <laughs> <laughs> but are people even performing in London right now? Yes, we just started. So I've just, I've just yes. been um, on a, a little bit of a tour with Club Kids. Um, and we've been doing outside venues, but there are inside venues working as well with social distancing uh, rules in place. So we are kind of getting back to something resembling a performance. It's not where we were, but it's a, a positive step forwards, you know, showing that actually yeah. things are, are going to start moving forwards. I'm excited oh, that's about, great. I'm excited about the hair, though. Tell me more about the hair. Because, you know, <laughs> this is a, a red wig talking right now, so... Um... <laughs> but no silver in, dress. No, not today. I'm in black. Like not I'm today. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, maybe I could diversify a little a little bit. If you were going to shove me in a, a wig, what colour would you put me in? Ooh, what colour do you not wear a lot? Um, I don't... Well, I can look at my m- wigs here. They're all red, apart from a purple one and some blonde... <laughs> you're not you're not normally a blonde no not normally i do for frock destroyers um i'm not normally blonde blonde or i don't wear black hair because it just makes you know i'm very pale anyway just makes me look really dead even more dead than usual <laughs> <laughs> and then i don't have anything that's like blue or green, really. I don't have any blues or greens. Ooh, I'd love to see you in like a super sleek, um, like super sleek, straight, middle part or asymmetrical type bob that had like a maybe a really dark root that faded into like a green, like a really electric green, or maybe even like um that had like a really dark root and faded into like rainbow all over. That could be really, really cool. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll send you my address. And then okay. perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll get cracking. I'll get into my studio later. Guys, it's all about the hustle. All about the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I created Hair by Blair this past year because Kimchi sent me a message and said, hey, girl, I love this wig you were wearing. Would you sell it to me? And I said, girl, with that big old head, I can't sell you anything. I said, I have to make you something from scratch. <laughs> and so I said, I said, I said but I can, make, I can make you a replica. And she said, okay, okay. So I made her something and she said, I love it. Could you make me something else? And I have a cosmetology license and background. And I had more people reaching out to me saying, hey, I saw Kim's hair. I know that you did it. Would you do one for me? <gasps> and this was just mainly the inner circle of a lot of the Drag Race girls. So I was like, you know what? Uh-huh. I could actually make a business out of this. So yeah. right before self-quarantine started, I began this journey of making wigs for all sorts of people. 
And then we were quarantined and I said, well, I'm not going anywhere this year. I'm not making any more money. I guess this is going to be the only way I'm going to pay the bills. So I really mm -hmm. created a full brand and have loved every minute of it because I'm working nice. every day, making money, and I don't have to leave my house or see anyone or talk to anybody oh, ever. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> the upside to COVID, yeah. So yeah, definitely. where can everybody find you? So everyone can find me on all social media outlets, which include Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at, at Blair St. Clair. And you can follow my wig business on Instagram at Hair by Blair Official or at www.hairbyblairofficial.com. Perfect. Well, Perfect. you know what to Thank do, you. guys. Get following, get, get buying the wigs. Get the wigs, get the hair, buy it all. Get the wigs. You get a wig, and you get a wig, and you get a wig. <laughs> but you gotta pay next. He's gonna have to yeah, start shipping internationally, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting oh, with us. Blair, it's been darling. such a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's good to catch up with you too. I hope that I can see you soon at the UK in the UK. Hopefully, we have a drag con UK this next year. Yeah. I can get to see you. Fingers crossed. Yes, definitely. Fingers and toes oh, at this perfect. point. <laughs> you take care. Lots of love, darling. Oh, Blair, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy at the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.